Hello, everyone. I'm Reverend Carla, and welcome to Spirituality Matters. Now I invite you to settle in, and let's find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies, and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, so let's get started. Today's podcast is titled, Preparing to Receive the Holy. Now, this theme is about rising above our religious experiences or beliefs to find the sacredness in not just a singular holiday event, but in this season. So the, this season between sometimes into October, but in definitely going into January. So what we're going to do today is touch on a few of the holidays that are happening this time of year because there are many. And then we'll explore the why behind learning about other religious holidays and their meanings. And then, of course, we'll end with an invitation for our own spiritual journey to expand and hold space for all the ways the holy is arriving in this sacred season. So now we are officially, quote, in the holiday season. This is a time where it's just, especially here in the United States, it's very busy, it's bustling, it's frantic, it's stressful, especially if you add just the chaos of this year and the financial pressures that people might be feeling. And this this new normal where more than likely you're not out doing your crazy shopping frenzies like we've done in the past. So, but before diving into this craziness of gift buying and the baking and whatever gatherings will look like this this year, I'm just going to invite you to pause and hold space for the sacredness of this month, especially for 2020. Because here in America, it is heavily commercialized. And not only is it commercialized, it is Christianized. And it is the reason that a lot of faith-based traditions and organizations have started to push back on what they see as the over-commercialization that leads to a very generic holiday experience or the rising voices of other religions and other traditions asking for light, asking for a seat at the table of being significant and sacred during this holiday season. So as an interfaith minister with Christian roots, that's also important for me because I have felt for a long time that it is important that this table of spirituality be set for all of us, and especially during this time of the year. So like I said, we're talking primarily between November and January, but some of these uh, holidays that are in here aren't static. They're not determined every year by the same calendar. There, there's It's a different system where they're using it. So like for Christmas, for instance, which is every December 25th, there's different ones. And I'm going to name some that's showing up right now. And I apologize at the beginning if I miss one that might be significant to you. So please, uh, you can email me at spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com and I'd be happy to make amends to those. And while I'll also have these links in the show notes to show you where I've got some of this. And I also want to apologize if I misspeak or if I mispronounce something because a lot of what I do is through reading and sometimes that doesn't necessarily translate into how to to pronounce something. So the first thing I'm going to uh, discuss and again we're just going to do a flyover of a few of these holidays just to give you an idea of what's showing up here not just Christmas. Um, So the first one is called Ashura. And this is contingent upon the Islamic calendar. 
So I did my research here um, using the BBC, which I consider a very credible source, but this is commemorated by Muslims as a whole, but especially for the Shia Muslims because this is a major religious holiday when it, it's commemorating the martyrdom um, at Karbala of Hussein, a grandson of the Prophet Muhammad. And it's held on the 10th of Muharram, and I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but this is based on the first month of the, of the Islamic uh, lunar calendar. So for the Sunnis, which is the largest group of Muslims, they fast in solidarity with the Jews. And if you think about um, how Islam fits into the Abrahamic religions, and that mean, what that means when you hear Abrahamic religions, that is, that is um, Judaism, Islam and Christianity, because it's all based on the lineage of Abraham. So that, so the Muslims also identify the Bible as part of the a sacred text that's part of their religious heritage as well. So a lot of times in certain parts of the world, the Sunnis will honor um, the Jewish holiday of Yom Kippur at the same time, so that they're celebrating that together. Um, it's also um, commemorated by a day of fasting because they see this also as a day to commemorate the day that Noah left the ark and that Moses was saved by the Egyptians by God. So you can see the start to see the blending of religious uh, heritages and beliefs by those Abrahamic religions. Okay, so a lot of times also what will show up in December is the Jewish celebration of Hanukkah. And that's important as well because that will go on for eight days. And I'm going to not spend a lot of time with Hanukkah this time because in a couple episodes, there are about three or four of these um, religious holidays that I'm going to expand on so that not... I, I'm always very cautious to say this, that it's not so that we can religiously or culturally appropriate and, pre and glob onto this as if they are our own. That's not what in being interfaith is about. That's not what we're trying to do at all. What we're doing is being inspired by those traditions so that we respect and honor how people are finding the sacred, how people are experiencing the holy in the world. But it's also important to know that this is one of the most sacred Jewish celebrations of the year. And so this is one of those times where you might not even, if all you have ever been exposed to is the Christian tradition of Christmas, you might not have ever even been aware that there is a whole, millions of people who are celebrating Hanukkah during this time. And it is just as sacred and meaningful to them as Christmas is to the Christian. Another one, which is very dear to me, and I've chosen this one for the episode where I kind of expand on several religion, religious holidays, is the Zoroastrian, which is a very old world religion. And I think they're only estimated to be about 6,000 followers of this very old uh, religion in North America, but they also have a holiday this time of year. Also, December 6th is the Feast of St. Nicholas. Now, that might be important for many of you who have the tradition of Santa Claus in your life. So the, the Feast of St. Nicholas honors this 4th century uh, bishop from Myra, which is a Greek province in Asia Minor. And his reputation for piety, but also for generosity, that is what most people feel feel inspired the legend of Santa Claus. 
So his tradition of leaving gifts for children on St. Nicholas Day began, began in, these, in this country and of course has gone all over the world and especially here in America. Now, on December 8th of this year, we also will find Bodhi Day. And this is when the Buddhists recall when Siddhartha Gautama vowed to sit under a tree in what is now Bodhyaga, Bodhgaya, I hope that's right, India. And he, w- he vowed that he would stay underneath that tree until he was enlightened. And it's also important here that I, every time I read about Buddhism, I'm reminded that we use the term the Buddha to specifically um, to commemorate Siddhartha Gautama, but really the Buddha is a general term for the awakened one or the enlightened one. And this is something that all of us or anybody who's practicing the Buddhist fat, the practice is trying to attain. So in other words, reaching into ourselves to a place of such a mindfulness and presence that we detach from this physical world and become as awakened as the Buddha was. So Bodhi Day is commemorated on that day. And, and we will also be talking about that on December 12th is the Feast of Our Lady Guadalupe. And I think what's important about this is this is a very high holy holiday, especially for Catholics of Hispanic descent. So even though you have Christianity as your uh, religious heritage, you might not have even heard of Our Our Lady of Guadalupe, but this has a wonderful tradition, and I'm not going to go into a lot of detail today, but it's wonderful if you want to learn more about it, you can research this, and I'll put some links in the show notes as well. But what this is, it recounts the story of a 16th century apparition of Mary to Juan Diego, which he was a poor Indian, and he, he appeared. she appeared to him on a hillside outside of what is now Mexico City. So there is a whole pilgrimage and a beautiful experience for people who follow this and revere this experience. And as I said earlier, um, uh, Hanukkah is experienced this time. I have it twice in my notes, so I wanted to make sure that we talked about that, I guess. Now, on December, I think that the solstice this year starts on the 20th. I can't remember if that. I don't have it in my notes. But anyway, the, the winter solstice is something that it's very important to me that we hold space for that. Whether or not your religious tradition follows any kind of earth-based wisdom or earth-based rituals, it's important for us as, as collective humanity to honor what our ancestors would have done to honor the earth. Now, the winter solstice for us, the shortest day is the shortest day in the Northern Hemisphere. And that throughout the throughout the world, these days will be honored by some kind of ritual. And so many people still follow these rituals to honor the the solstice this time of year. And you'll see that in Yule gatherings and different different things throughout the world. But what's so important about that is the wisdom that's held in the fact that the shortest day of the year, the shortest light of the year means now that the earth is turning back towards the light. And we will be expanding on that as well. And of course, then on December 25th, we have we have Christmas Day, which commemorates the birth of Jesus that was set by um, Christian leaders a long time ago. 
Now, the, some of the Orthodox Christians have a different date for Jesus' birth, and they still follow that. That that lends itself to some of the um, tradition of historical significance related to Christianity, because you might not even be aware that there are Christian churches, um, primarily Orthodox Christian churches, who follow a different calendar and who do not honor the December 25th date. I believe it's the uh, January 6th date that they honor. Now, as I said earlier, Zoroastrians will observe the death of their prophet, the founder of Zoroastrian, on December 26th. And this um, was said to believe, he. this started sometime in Iran, somewhere around 1200 BC. So this is a very old religion. And what I love about Zoroastrian is the fact that they believe in the power of creation, and they, they were a monotheistic, monotheistic religion who belie- believed in the power of one God, but they also believed in the power of the struggle between good and evil. So there's a lot of, when you start to study some of these very old ancient religions, you start to see the blending of that wisdom into, into today. Now, another important date that starts on December 26 is Kwanzai. And the reason why this is important is because this is commemorating and honoring African-American heritage. So it's not necessarily specifically tied to one religion, but the spiritual overtones are huge and magnificent. And it's a beautiful time to honor the African history and the community and the culture. So it's when, especially for those of us who are learning to deconstruct from our kind of whitewashed history, and that's inarguable in my book, that we need to understand African culture from the perspective of the African people, this is a wonderful time to pay very close attention to what is important to them and what they're offering to the world through their celebrations, through their cultures, through their traditions, because it's just beautiful to witness this. Okay, so another celebration that happens at this time that really has no religious affiliation, but it's important to honor it because if we're honoring all traditions and faiths and paths, including those who do who choose not to follow a path, it's important to give them light. So the name of this festival is called Festivus, and it means for the rest of us. And what that basically is saying, it's just a humorous family alternative to Christmas. So what this is, it's about taking out all of the commercialization that's around Christmas that has nothing to do with the birth of Jesus and just making it about family experience. And oftentimes, though, this celebration is also used where people will reject any kind of religious teaching and just make it about the gathering. So it has it has its moments of being able to create bond and family and tradition for people who do not feel connected to any of the world religions. Another one that happens at the end of the year is called Omisoka. And this is a popular end of the year uh, celebration in Japan. And there's also one that's called, and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to mess this one up, but I think it's Shabe Yalda. And this is an Iranian interfaith celebration. So what interfaith again means is that it's an acknowledgement that different paths contain some kind of mystical truth about the holy or the divine. And so this celebration is held in honor of the sun's rebirth. So it, it's, it's, to, it's a community coming together regardless of your religious tradition. 
Okay, so that was just like a 60,000 foot flyover to give you an idea of how many different, diverse, beautiful, meaningful holidays that are happening here. And if you've never considered that, this is a wonderful time to just spend time with some of these holidays and these religions to understand what it is that the, the truth that's hidden in that, that nugget of wisdom that's hidden in there for you. But now I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about this whole Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays debate, because I'm old enough to remember that in, especially here in America, that everything that was around the December time frame was very Christian-based. Everything, including our school celebrations. We weren't just on winter break. We were on Christmas break. We didn't just have holiday shows. We had Christmas shows where we sang Silent Night. We sang all the things that were Christian-based. But over the years, what has happened as we have invited and moved over a little bit to allow other voices to be heard that also have sacred paths to the holy, the Merry Christmas phrase has given way to Happy Holidays. And this is a very touchy subject for some people who want to say that the only phrase that should be said this time of year is Merry Christmas. Now, I can tell you that as someone who is a has a Christian spiritual roots that with all due respect, my dear, and I'm going to take a breath and invite you to do the same, to hold on to that comes from a sense of entitlement. When as people in this country where you are either one of these things, you are either native, indigenous to this country, you are an immigrant or your relative your ancestors were enslaved and brought were brought over here you are one of those things and if that's the case then your heritage deserves to be recognized and so we aren't as representative of the beautiful blending pot that we are when it comes to our cultural cultural outward exhibitions so i'm going to pause here a minute and give this some space because here in my followers, the people who are listening to my podcasts, more than likely your path is spiritual but not religious. You also may be untangling from some of your religious trauma. You also may be still trying to figure out how you're going to deconstruct from some of those beliefs. But sometimes you come right up against something that still makes you uncomfortable because you're still filtering your experiences through your belief system. So every time that happens, it's going to feel, you're going to feel like a falling away. And if you haven't processed this fully about where you feel about religious holidays and their place in our society, where we build our entire paid time off around the Christian holiday, whereas we haven't given as much time or a consideration about the all these other holidays. I don't think in any time soon we're going to be giving paid time off or at least a recognized national holiday for Zoroastrian. So you can see that there's a dichotomy here. So how does that make you feel if I say that we are honoring 
the sacred, the holy, the community inside our national identity by allowing other voices and saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas. So that might be just something that you can decide if that's that's where you need to spend some time to figure out how you might be on autopilot saying Merry Christmas versus inviting other people to the table by saying happy holidays or blessings on this holiday seasons or something or something like that. So just depending on your experience, take your time and 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 spend some time with that. Okay, so there's a there's a meme that's been going around for a while that just says um, happy holidays and it's it got a big question mark underneath it. The reason I say that is because there are about 29 holidays observed by seven world religions and mine isn't the only one that counts. So basically the meme is saying don't be a jerk. Uh, and I, I again, like I said, that's a lot of people don't agree with that sentiment, and that comes to back to this warped sense of what religious freedom means. In that context, in their mind, religion, religious freedom means that I am free to express my religious beliefs, and they dominate yours. That's not the definition of religious freedom. So. Back to, now that's enough about the Merry Christmas, except I do want to say that if someone says Merry Christmas to me, I'm going to say it back, or I'm just going to say thank you. If someone says Happy Holidays to me, I'm going to say it back, or I'm going to just say thank you. This is the time of year to offer grace, and to, no matter where you are, just accept what's being offered to you in the kindness, and and just assume that it's coming from a place, a place of love. Now, I want to get into just a little bit, which I think is important for our time here today. Even though we're talking about this wonderful time of the year where everything's red and green and the lights are blooming or glowing everywhere and the candles are in the windows and everyone's got their decorations going and we're thinking about the, the sacredness that's held in this system, in the season, it's very important to understand something. And the reason it's important is because of some of the religious and political climate that we're finding here. And honestly, I got ready to, to just speed over this and decided that, no, we're going to park here a minute and we're going to talk about it because this is something that a lot of people may be uncomfortable with, but it is time for us to understand that the white Christian is becoming a minority in this country. I'm saying this because I'm going to invite you to not look at this as a fear from a place of fear. I'm inviting you to understand that the only place that fear is coming from is within your own heart and within your own church. That when you step out of your comfort zones and you meet the people who are coming alongside you in this country and meet them where they are in their traditions, you will find that there is nothing to fear. But what's happening here is that so many of us are digging our heels in and insisting that our way is the only way. When the the statistics clearly tell us that all you're doing is losing ground. And this is not going to bode well as we continue to move forward, it is time for us to create a table of dialogue to figure out how we can all get along. So I don't want to 
belabor that point. I plan to talk more about that in future episodes. We'll actually be um, spending some more time so that we understand where this is rising, that some of this that I'll just come out and say that is like um, a hostility towards other religions that are right here at showing up in your neighbor's houses, in your fellow colleagues' belief systems, in your students that your you know your brothers and sisters they're marrying in they're blending into these these um, religious beliefs so how do we continue to insist that only our way is the right way okay I'll take a break from that right now and like I said we're we're going to spend more time with that later but what I do want to spend time in with is that there there also needs to be just a little bit of lightening up. Now, I'll be the first to say that December 25th is a holy day for me. Since I was a little girl, there is a lot of tradition and ritual around this day for me. As someone who was raised Southern Baptist, as someone who created events around this, who partook in all kinds of uh, midnight services, who made sure that they were held to, to holiday dinners, to all kinds of things that created the sacred significance of what it was doing. I want to remind you that there is absolutely nothing in the most sacred book of the Christian religion that indicates the actual birth date of Jesus. So let's just lighten up. For centuries, it was held on January 6th, which is, like I said, that's where the Orthodox Christians still commemorate that. Then it got moved to December 25th. There's a lot of history there. I'll put a link to the show uh, show notes regarding this. Now, over the years, some of the Christian scholars have pushed back to say, well, divine providence helped determine that date. Mm, I'm not buying that, and I'll tell you why. Because history proves time and again that the church, and we're, by, by church we're talking primarily the Catholic Church, created a system. This was, a, this was very intentional where these holidays were attached to earth-based traditions so that the people would be deflected from what they wanted to do through honoring the earth and the change of the seasons and the sun cycle and the moon cycle to being forced into a ritual that was honoring the church. And because the church held so much power, it was blended you know, very effectively with government control, you not only could require it and mandate it, you had the power to punish if those rituals related to the church traditions didn't take precedent over the earth-based traditions. That's just a fact. So this, even though, yes, absolutely, it's a sacred holiday, let's put this in perspective so that we who feel the call to bring, to invite our ancestor wisdom to the table because that's who they were. They understood that this this mystery of creation was part of the divine providence, not the divine providence of saying, let's celebrate Jesus' birth on this day. Let's look at the earth and the wisdom that it can teach us. So there's a lot of detail here that re- that allows us to say, you know, 
humans helped us create these traditions. Humans helped us create these rituals, just as the humans helped us create the, the rituals around the earth-based and all the other world religions. So how can we make room for all of this in our season of the holy, which is what this is. The holy is inviting us to explore this together so that we, we are humans in a limited, with our limited human understanding, our limited human language, trying to figure out the divine. And that's going to continue to change. It's going to continue to evolve as we become more aware and we become more connected and we become more tolerant. So I would ask you, can you make room in your heart? Can you make room in your life for the many paths up the mountain? Can you see those paths going parallel with you up that same mountain? Do you have room in your heart, in your spiritual truth, to allow another one's another spiritual truth that doesn't align directly with yours to come along that path with you? How are you harmed in any way by inviting or at least acknowledging that another path can be just as sacred? So we set so many intentions around this year. What would it look like if we truly invited the second commandment into this intention to love our neighbor. So I think this is an important conversation because if we're honoring the birth of Jesus as Christians, how are we living the greatest commandments that he gave us, which was to love the Lord God with all your might and love your neighbor as yourself? So I'm going to invite you to sit with that as we consider, as we approach the shortest day of the year, as we approach these holy days for all these multi-faiths that are showing up this time of year. These are the holiest of days. If we pause and consider that, as we sit in maybe, let's say, December 6th, and we know that it's the Feast of St. Nicholas, and while that might be irrelevant to you, visualize those who are commemorating his life and the legacy that his life impacted across the world. What does that do for you? To know that a life that lived so beautifully and so kindly, who touched so many orphaned children of his time, that his legacy continued to be part of our fairy tale. You don't have to be Jewish. Or Christian. You don't have to live in Japan. You do not have to be of African-American descent. You do not have to be indigenous. That's the mystery of this holy season. It is for all of us. It is for the pagan. It is for the agnostic. It's even for the atheist, my friends. And it is, of course, for the spiritual but not religious and sadly, there are those who have rejected God because of what they have found during these holy seasons as people seek to push out God because they insist that only their definition of God is the only way. And because of that, they no longer see God in the people of this earth, so it's easier just to turn away. 
This holy season is for humanity. What do you allow to show up, my friends? And blessed be. Okay, now I know that was heavy. I hope that you find something in there that is a pocket of wisdom for you. Friends, if you haven't yet, I would invite you to sign up for one of my Spiritual Reset 2021 webinars. Here we're going to look at how we can create some resource and intention in closing out the year, as well as preparing our mind, heart, and soul triad for 2021. And there will be an opportunity to sign up for a program for my book, and I'm so honored to bring this to you. The book is The Holy and the Everyday. And it is a daily devotional for 2021. I think we all need this right now. And in there will be opportunities for you to sign up at a level where I will be coming to you in some way. So please, uh, you'll find that at my website at revcarla.com. Now, like every uh, podcast, I like to answer a question. And this question is, do we need his authority or approval for anything? Okay, a little background. Do we need his? His is talking about the Pope. And this was in response to a video where I celebrated the Pope acknowledging that civil union for same-sex marriages should be recognized and um, authorized. And I celebrated this because even though some people pushed back and said, why? He's still not saying that they can be, the marriage can be solemnized in church. Do you know how big it is for the world's most influential religious leader to say that he is acknowledging same-sex marriages in some capacity, the shift is huge. This was a moment of celebration. And I, for one, never feel like I have to have his approval or authority over anything, and nor would he approve of me as someone, as as an ordained female minister where the Catholic Church is not ordaining women to be in the priesthood. I don't feel it, and I don't feel like I'm missing anything with the fact that he doesn't approve of my having a ministry. But I will tell you this, we never miss the opportunity to celebrate with our brothers and sisters who have been some kind, had some kind of judgment, persecution, exclusion, oppression, who've lived scared to death in parts of the world, who have been killed for showing up authentically. This is monumental. And Pope Francis intentionally did this at a time in our humanity where I believe it was intentional when when elections were happening here in America at a time over contentious issues. So as an ally of the LGBTQ humans, I celebrate that they were recognized in this way. And although I would be more than happy at any time to officiate a same-sex marriage um, so that I am putting myself out there as someone who would solemnize those uh, vows because I do believe that they are of God and I do believe that they are not a mistake and they are born this way, as Lady Gaga says, um, it is still a huge monumental progress forward for the Pope to say this. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you, and I pray you received something. I know I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear. And now go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week, and I'll see you soon. Bye for now. If you like what you heard today, be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. To have your question featured on an episode, email us at spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. 
The Spiritual Reset 2021 masterclasses are filling up quick, so head over to RevCarla.com to reserve your seat. As always, follow at RevCarla on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. We'll be posting more exciting news later this week that you won't want to miss. Bye for now.